for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Hello everyone, welcome to Living Life. How has God provided for you thus far in life? And were you able to trust God even more as you experience His provision throughout your life? Around the globe, there are still many people whose lives are threatened by challenges of having not much to eat, having not enough supply of clean water, and having not enough supply of clothing to protect their bodies from various sorts of diseases. Sometimes we do everything we can to provide food, water, and clothing, but every time we visit and provide, we always realize that these have limitation. They can't perfectly satisfy every soul. However, we witness at the end of the day that the gospel quenches the thirsty soul and revives the hungry spirit. The message that the Father God loves them and that He has given them life eternal through His only Son, Jesus Christ, gives them life purpose and hope. Well, it's not that they don't need the basic necessities to sustain life, for even the Father knows that we need them to survive. But what Jesus wants to give is the assurance that we no longer live to worry how to sustain life, but rather how to live life to its fullest purpose. So as we look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, let us look closely to what Jesus teaches us on how we should live as people of God saved by His grace. Let's take a look. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So as Jesus continues to teach, starting with the Beatitude in chapter 5, we come to the part in chapter 6 where Jesus teaches us not to worry about our lives. He teaches us especially not to worry what to eat, what to drink, and what to wear. Now these come to us as unusual because every morning, every noon, and every evening, we do think about what to eat, what to drink, and what to wear, depending on the occasions. 
These are our uh, common concerns that we have every day, every moment. We have to eat, we have to drink, and we have to cover ourselves not only to be courteous, but to protect our fragile body from our environment. Here, Jesus seems to be telling us that we should overall get rid of all that concern of eating and drinking and wearing. If that was so, then we as Christians shouldn't be concerned of what we put on our tables and how we should manage our diet. Moreover, we should not be concerned with our fashion either. However, that is not what Jesus' intention is. Uh, what we should really meditate is found in this phrase of verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What Jesus is teaching us is that we shouldn't worry about our life because it is totally governed by God. Jesus illustrates this to us throughout verses 26 to verse 30. If the life-giving God sustains life in creation, taking care of the birds, the flowers, and the grass, then how much more would God the Creator tend His creation, who is created in the very image of God Himself, so that they could live to glorify God? The life-giving God is the very source of our life, and we find that true satisfaction only in Him. The only reason why we worry and become anxious is because we become part of, uh, we become apart from God, and we know that the results from being away from God is found in Adam and Eve. What awaits us apart from God is the desolate world where we are driven by the worries and anxieties of this world. Just as verse 31 says, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? And what shall we wear? Jesus says that these are what the pagans do. They are concerned with the uh, this because they are gods themselves trying to sustain life by themselves. And they chase after these things to build their confidence that they are in control over their lives. They have displaced God and put themselves on, the, on themselves on the pedestal. What captures them are the worries and fear of this world. And that is, what shall we eat, drink, and wear? We, however, live contrary to this because we believe that the very agent that gives life and sustains life is God the Father in heaven. We no longer find the need to worry about all those things because we have a Father in heaven who knows that we need all of the basic necessities of life in order to survive. As it says in verse 32, our Heavenly Father knows perfectly what we need them in order to survive. He knows well that we need food, water, and clothing to live in this desolate world. And our continual experience of God's provision throughout our life gives us a firm assurance that God is in total control. As we continue to experience, we start to build that trust that God provides for His people. And then we slowly let go of our worries and, and, and fear and anxiety concerning the most fundamental aspect of life. I met someone in Kenya that perfectly exemplifies this. During my mission, I was introduced to a young woman who testified about her life surviving in one of the greatest slums in the world. She said that she looked at the stars every night in prayer throughout the, uh, through the open roof of the shelter, and she said that she realized every night that God was in total control over her life. While she testified, I could see the marks of malnutrition and poverty. And, but what I really did notice was uh, the confidence of her trust in God that she displayed and radiated while she testified. I could see God's life radiating out from her. And by that grace, she was determined to live a life to glorify God. Her goal was not about sustaining her own life, pursuing success, but to promote God's goodness and to live in order to save many others. Meeting her made me wonder, am I living to sustain my own life or should I live to promote God's goodness? 
Once freed from the worries and anxieties of our basic needs in life, we are able to pursue after God's kingdom and His righteousness. We pursue after God's kingdom, which means that we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We seek for His righteousness, meaning that we pursue after His justice, mercy, and compassion, which in other words, we love our neighbors just as we love ourselves. That is the very meaning of seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness. We live not to sustain our lives, but we are to love our Father and love our neighbors just as ourselves. And that is how we seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. We are driven to love Him by His grace and mercy, His eternal care that leads us to life and glory with God. And that is what Jesus teaches us through His words, that we are to live to glorify God and not to glorify ourselves. We are not to worry about our lives, but to seek first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. So what helps you to let go of worries and fear and focus on seeking first God's kingdom and His righteousness? Please remember that apart from God, what awaits us is this desolate world where we are driven by the worries and anxieties. As God's children, we live with the trust that God is in total control of our lives. That is why we become able to love God and live with the purpose to glorify Him by loving our neighbors just as ourselves. So I hope that God leads you and helps you and strengthens you. Let us pray. Father Lord, I ask that you give us strength and wisdom and the knowledge in allowing us to live, to put your words into our heart so that we could practice it and live it out. Lord God, guide us, fill us with the Holy Spirit so that these words that you taught us through Jesus becomes true in our life. I ask this in your Son's name. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world that's never been closer, see you.